In today's episode, we're going to sit back and look back on our board gaming experiences of 2021. I'll be joined once again by Camille as we chat about our year in review, including highlights, low points, most played games, and other Bytewing Games adventures. My name is Nick Murray, and you are listening to the Bytewing Games podcast. So today I am very pleased to welcome back Camille to the podcast, my own wife. Camille, how are you? I am fabulous. How are you doing, Nick? Fantastic. Fantastic. Cammie, did you know that our episode together is in the top five most popular Bitewing Games podcast episodes? Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. People must really like you. Oh. Or they really wanted to know about good games for couples That's... and two players. Yeah, that's probably it. (laughs) But But, I'm flattered anyways. (laughs) We'll take it as a compliment, right? So today, we're just going to keep it chill. You know, Christmas is this very week that we are recording. And I I really didn't want to work too hard on this episode. But I still wanted it to be a fun time and something enjoyable to discuss and listen to. So I thought we would just have a little year in review here and just talk about uh, some of the experiences we've had with board games and gaming and buying games this year. So, how does that sound to you? It sounds good. <laughs> Let's do it. So, first fun fact we're going to start out with here: how many how many games do you think I have played this year? How many that plays you... have I logged? How many plays? Yes. So that's like some games more than once. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I'm gonna guess. 215. <laughs> That's a pretty good guess. That's pretty good. But it's too low, Cammy. No way. Yes. Um, and you've, you've probably been a part of almost half of these, roughly. Maybe less. Maybe a lot less. Who knows? But uh, I have 338 oh plays goodness. logged. Yeah. So how many games is that a week? How many games a week? Well, there's 365 like days in the year. So... It's almost a game a day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How many did you say? 300 and... 338. 338. Wow. Yeah. yeah I wild, knew I huh? was like trying to like think. I'm like, well, he's probably plays at least like three games a week. <laughs> but actually, that's probably way more. So I probably calculated wrong. But you got to keep in mind, if we play something like The Crew, which is like, you know, one game would be like five to ten minutes. That would be a single play. And so if we play it five or ten times in a row... I can definitely mm, inflate true. things a little bit, but still. Yeah, that's a lot. You play a lot of games. I knew that, though. <laughs> you have multiple game nights a week and always are trying to drag me into playing games. That's so. right. That's right. Dragging you, kicking, and screaming. Yeah. So speaking of which, let's talk about some highlights <laughs> Okay. <laughs> from this past year. So these are things like maybe specific game days or specific games that we played together that are highlights for you or experiences with with each other or with other people. Um, let's just reminisce for a moment. I have a few of these, so I'll start out with one, and then we'll we'll hear maybe one of yours next. So <laughs> I, because I logged the games that I played, I can go back and look at certain days and see what I played on those days. So one day that stands out to me, this was just, this was just a good day all around. This was uh, at 
what was what is called Kareem Khan. This is right before we left Ohio. It was in June, and uh, our friend Kareem held a mini convention <laughs> um, of vaccinated folks, and there were probably twenty to thirty people there from Friday through Sunday. It was pretty awesome. One <laughs> of those days, I got to play Eclipse. Second Dawn for the Galaxy, was, which is that huge space game box that I have. Um, takes like three to four hours to play. I got to play Pax Premier, which is currently my, was or at least when I last ranked my top 50, is my number one favorite game. Hansa Teutonica, which was my favorite game that released last year, at least the big box version. And I got to play Whale Riders, which is a great new Kinesia game. All on the same day. That was a good gaming day, Cammie. Yeah, you were looking forward to that, and I think... It delivered. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. Actually, by the end of that, I was like really tired um, and worn out from, I think, a, another day we played a bunch of heavy games in a row. I think it was the next day. And uh, they wanted to play Age of Steam next, which is another one of my favorite games. But by then, my brain was just fried because we were just going only heavy games. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to go home. I'm tired. <laughs> but now I regret it because I haven't been able to play Age of Steam since. And it, it hurts. No. It's been too many months, but uh, that's one day. What about you, Cammy? What what are some what is a highlight that you can think of? Oh, I don't know. Well, I'm thinking back to early last year. We were finishing up. We kind of we started at the end of 2020, but mm-hmm. we finished up um, the King's Dilemma, <laughs> and that was fun because we had like the same group that would get together. Yeah, I don't know like once a week or every other week and play a few rounds or whatever. A few, whatever you call them, games. Um, and that was that was fun because it just it was fun to see people like over the course of the game like their personalities like like you there was yeah. one person that he was just like so nice and like I feel like he was always pretty honest with like the deals he was making but then there was another guy was that, Josh yeah 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 Josh uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Alex I feel like he was always stabbing Josh in the back and it was just like so funny yeah. it's just like funny like you kind of got to know like people and how they like I don't know I feel like that was like. We haven't, I haven't played very many, like, I don't, games that, like, you play over lots, I don't know what you call those kind of games. Uh, legacy game. Legacy games. Mm-hmm. I haven't played very many legacy games that mm-hmm. were besides just me and you. Yeah. So it was fun to play with, like, other people and, I don't know. Yeah, The King's Dilemma was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it was funny because Alex was definitely the most, like, nasty, probably, at, at the table. But he actually, even though he, he backstabbed people and stuff, I don't think he did so well <laughs> in the, the final score. And then there was Eric, who was just, he just liked to sow chaos, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you you would um, make decisions that were, like, horrible for the kingdom, and they'd have, like, these these awful repercussions, and, and you'd end up with these, uh, you know, black stickers to your name. Yeah, that... I got all negative things. I feel like I was doing good <laughs> things in general. Like, I feel like my conscience, I was doing really good things with conscience. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Somehow they had just people. People didn't forget. The kingdom did not forget about Cammy's house. What no. were you that the turts, right? Yeah. The turtles or whatever with the towers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really fun. I, I love negotiation games. That's a fantastic negotiation game. I do think by the end of it, we were all kind of ready for it to finish. Yeah. <laughs> we, I think we got to like fifteen or seventeen plays, and it was those last like three or four games that we were just like this needs to end yeah you just like don't know when it's gonna end either you're just like yeah 
playing and playing. Okay. I remember like for like several weeks, you're like, I think tonight we're going to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I said that for multiple sessions and it just kept going and going. So it was still a lot of fun. I'm interested to see what they do with the next, the sequel to this being the Queen's Dilemma, I think. Oh, there's, I didn't realize there was a sequel. Yeah. And I, I know the one, the King's Dilemma is very much negotiation based and it's kind of a tug of war of difference. Um, things that you're affecting the kingdom whether it's the economy or the morale whereas the queen's dilemma looks like it comes with a, a map with some sort of like areas that you're traveling to and i don't know trying to control or whatever it sounds really interesting hmm. and uh i'm definitely looking forward to that i should add it to my list of most anticipated games which i don't think it's on there right now anyway that's a great choice um another one that comes to mind for me was another big game day it was actually my birthday you remember that that <laughs> oh, was yeah. that was what i asked for for my birthday I, I told camille i don't want anything for my birthday anything materialistic that's partially because i if i want a game i just buy it right away i have no restraint yeah huh? it's not like i can get him any games because he has them all or they're on you know a whole or whatever. <laughs> you did buy me one christmas uh dogs of war Mm, yeah that was last christmas that was a fantastic gift i love dogs of war and uh, yeah you you found a copy online and it was brand new yeah a little uh, steep of the price yeah but... yeah but actually worth it in the end so yeah. I, that was a great gift anyway my birthday uh marathon we actually we ended up doing two of these because josh has has a birthday in march as well he wanted to do a, a board game marathon too so we ended up doing it two saturdays in a row it was fantastic <laughs> one of them we played lords of vegas which is a great gambling uh vegas themed game rolling dice and stealing casinos from each other and i just love that i mean it's there's a lot of luck to it but that's that's part of gambling in in real life and that's that's what vegas is all about and it really brings out that theme so that was fun we played beyond the sun which has become one of my favorites that released over the past few years. Uh, Stevenson's Rocket, which is a fantastic Kinesia train game. Uh, Hansa Teutonica again. Bristol 1350, which is the new game from Facade. And Social Grooming, which is a game we are planning to publish, well, at least take to Kickstarter next year. Um, it's a small negotiation card game, which there's a little info about it on our website. But uh, that was a really fun mix of games for sure. Um, I, let me, let me throw out another one here. So you weren't at this one, unfortunately it was, it was in April and this is when our friend Zach, who was still in dental school in Columbus at the time came up on a rotation where I was in residency, you know, in, uh, Akron, he came up on a residency rotation with us kind of in Ohio project is what it's called, where, where dental students will go out and work in private practices or residencies and stuff. So he stayed with, with, uh, us in the area for a few days and I got a couple gaming friends over and we got him in on uh, Chinatown, which was <laughs> one of my favorite plays I've ever had of Chinatown because he, he just really got into the negotiation and he's not a heavy, heavy game. Well, he's a heavy Nintendo gamer and he's a huge, hardcore, classic Nintendo game fan. He'll he'll uh, like buy an NES and, and, I don't know, download, illegally download all the <laughs> games to it and stuff. He's all about that. But uh, we really got him into Chinatown. And then we played a five, I think it was five-player game of Kalis 1303. And um, when I first played this game, it's it's based on a classic worker placement Kalis. It's a newer version. And it has a lot of the, the standard Euro stuff where it's like you're collecting resources and you're trying to turn them in for points. 
But uh, that play was particularly mean, and that's that's what's made this game really grow for me as, as one of my favorite worker placements. So that was a really fun day. Um, do you have any other highlights from this year? Oh, I don't know. You've obviously played way more games than I have. <laughs> yeah. um, well, a few months ago, my, my family came to visit us here in Arizona, mm-hmm. and it was fun. We got my dad and my mom into playing Crokinole. And yes. It's like impossible to get my dad to play any game but he played with this game with us and he like actually really enjoyed it so that was fun and actually my mom was like surprisingly really good too yeah (laughs) yeah she was sinking 20s left and right and it was insane although she i think she had her best games when she was on my team or her best um, yeah once i was on her team she was like not doing as well i was like mom come on i thought we were on the same team yeah she's a little streaky but uh, anyone who's on nick's team is always winning anyways I just try to boost the morale of my teammate, you know? We get things rolling, I guess. No, it's funny because, yeah, you're right. When, whenever we break out a game uh, with your parents, your dad somehow just magically vanishes. He pulls the Houdini act, and it's like, where did he go? <laughs> but with Crokinole, you know, he loves the outdoors. He loves athletic things. And so we knew we could we could get him in on the game of Crokinole. I think dexterity games are a good way to for people who are averse to strategy games or party games, things like that. Um, if they, if they like competition or physical activities, then I think dexterity games are the way to go Yeah, as we saw with him. So good choice. Um, another highlight for me was actually playing recently the siege of Rundar with the artist, Andrew Bosley. Um, and so Andrew lives here in Prescott, pretty close to us. And we go to the same church and, uh, He's a super nice guy. It's been fun to, to meet him and, and kind of learn about some of the stuff that he has going on. A lot of exciting projects that he's working on that are, uh, you know, can't be disclosed in, in these settings. But uh, he is uh, he has never played the Siege of Rundar, although he illustrated it for publisher Ludonova. And... Uh, I, I couldn't resist. This was one of the games that I was most excited about, so I couldn't resist ordering it from Europe and having it shipped here. It actually wasn't too bad to, as far as the cost, but we've been playing it a few times. Probably You probably played it three times, right? I played it three times, yeah. Yeah, and uh, every time, I mean, there's been a couple times where we've gotten close, and there's one time where we played three players with my brother, and we were pretty close then, mm-hmm. but every time we've lost. Yeah, and then you go and play with Andrew once, <laughs> and you win it, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so if you feel like, you know, for those of you who own this game or who eventually pick it up and start playing it and, and uh, like us, feel like there's there's just no hope of winning, all you got to do is call up Andrew, the, <laughs> the illustrator, and play with him, and he's going to win it on his first play. So, no, that was a lot of fun, and it was kind of cool to to hear some of the insights that he had behind why he designed things, and and uh, he was impressed with the game, too, because he didn't really know very much about how it played. He was just given instructions from the publisher, like, illustrate this or design this in this way, and so when he actually got to see how the mechanisms play together and stuff, he was really impressed and had a great time, and, and we won. We I think we escaped with five gold nuggets, which you start with 20, and uh, if you escape with any amount, it's it's counted as a win. But obviously, if you, if you escape with more, then that's even more impressive. But we were just happy to win the game at the normal mode. So that was definitely a highlight for me. A great time uh, playing Siege of Rundar with illustrator Andrew Bosley. Do you have any others, Cammie? 
Oh, I think I, I'm out. I don't know. Yeah that's, yeah. that's it. I mean. Yeah. The rest of it's just been miserable, hasn't it? Pro- yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so talk, speaking of miserable moments, um, you know, it's, it's fun to talk about the highlights, but it's also kind of fun to talk about the low points and uh, open those old wounds and pour salt in them, I suppose. So, <laughs> Cammy, do you have any, any uh, particular games or memories <laughs> from uh, this past year of gaming that, that you're not? particularly fond of oh well here's the thing <laughs> <laughs> all right buckle up um it's not i can't think of a specific game mm-hmm. but sometimes when like games like when there's too many like decisions like mm-hmm. or there's just like okay you can do all these different things and like yeah. you have to think about all like okay which way like which path is going to get me the most points but i have to think through mm-hmm. all these things yeah. that just really overwhelms me yeah also, games that are, like, take that-ish, like, mm-hmm. mean. Games that overwhelm me or games that are mean, sometimes they make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> and so there definitely have been a few moments where I have shed tears during games. <laughs> so some of those are probably my low moments. And, yes. Yeah. But I can't tell you specifically what games, but I have I know certain types of games that will do that. <laughs> yeah, and sadly, you're not the only person i've made cry in board games this year but (laughs) it's never it's never uh it's never my goal (laughs) but sometimes i gravitate towards mean games and then i do mean things and uh and even sometimes it's not intentionally mean it's just i'm just doing what's best for me and it's a side effect but Yeah, you. There are certain games you don't like, kind of like I know you don't like Scapegoat very much, huh? Oh yeah, that's the worst. That's probably like <laughs> one of my biggest meltdowns. That was like probably last year though that had that meltdown. But, yeah, that came out last year. But yeah, I just like, I feel like I'm always the scapegoat, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's true. It's like the worst. It's like so mean because like everyone is just like against you, and it's just like. You, Instead of, like, there being, like, one winner and other people are just, like, everyone else is kind of the loser, you know? It's, like, everyone else is the winner and you're the loser. <laughs> it's, like, sucks so bad. Cause... It's, like, everyone's playing a prank on you. Yeah. One time uh... we played that with some friends. You were the scapegoat twice in a row. Yeah, huh? and, like, I just had to storm out of the room. I, like, we were at their house. We were, like, not even, like, in the same, like in a different town at their house i had to like leave the house and go for a walk around the neighborhood she needed a breath breath yeah because i was just like i was mad and i was like (laughs) gonna like i don't know punch something (laughs) oh man yeah camille gets really competitive in games actually and and uh so if you bring out her competitive side then then she brings her emotions into it too and her full heart she puts her heart into all of it don't you yeah i can't hold back (laughs) Um, for me, there's, there were a few games that, that were my low points. Um, one of them was when I, I backed Dice Throne Adventure and then we played that and we didn't even finish it. We, we busted out that huge box and started playing through it. And it's, it's a dungeon crawler mixed with Yahtzee combat and it just slowed the game down so much. And we were just like inching our way through the tiles and, and eventually we just looked at each other and we're like, do you just want to be done? <laughs> yeah. Which I was too bad because we like Dice Throne decently good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we played that quite a bit and we really liked that one. So yeah, kind of a bummer. Yeah. So we passed that on. And uh, Juicy Fruits is another one that neither of us really cared for, huh? Even though it's like, you know, nice, fancy wooden fruit tokens and a colorful vibe and you're making ice cream and sliding 
fruit baskets around on your, on your island board and doing all this fancy stuff. It just came out to like, I'm, I'm sliding this to get pick up some fruit and then I'm going to convert the fruit into points. And yeah. then game was over. Yeah, it didn't seem like there was like much tension. I mean, like you just kind of did whatever and it was, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that one was kind of a spoiler for me because I, I was excited for other uh, family games that Capstone was coming out with and I, I've kind of been scared off of them since then <laughs> because of our experience with Juicy Fruits. And then two other games that Oh man, these were probably the worst of the worst though. These ones like they weren't as fast as Juicy Fruits and it wasn't as easy to just quit on it like Dice Throne. It was Lisboa and Imperial Steam. These are two super heavy games. You would hate these with a fiery passion, Camille. Mm-hmm. Is like like you said there's just too many things to to uh take in and and digest and figure out and uh the problem with these two games, I under I understand people have told me Lisboa is very thematic. It's like based in Portugal and, and you're building things up after a catastrophe and all these little mechanisms are so thematic and stuff. But when you don't read the fifty page rule book and the player aids that this would blow your mind. The player aids are like larger than a lot of normal games rule books. gosh and uh they handed me a player aid and they're like here you just got to look through this and i was like i am not reading this this is ridiculous (laughs) yeah that's another turnoff for me if i have to read too much in a game (laughs) yeah and i was trying to eat a a pasty while they were teaching me lisboa and i was just like i'd rather just not think and enjoy my pasty than have to try to cram this information into my brain but uh i tried to power through it and it was just miserable and then even more recently played Imperial Steam. I'll actually be sharing my impressions of that next month. But similarly, it's just an overly complicated game that that's, um, is kind of subtly like, hey, this game's like Brass and Age of Steam. And so those are two of my favorite games. So I was, I was interested to try it. And then it's just, it takes the worst parts of those games and forgets about the best parts. And it's just a miserable experience at least for me (laughs) so those are my low points of the year a few games that you know sometimes with board gaming um you know it's a very it's all about social compromise you're getting many people together or at least a few people and you all got to agree on to play something that maybe not everyone is most desiring to play Um, but hopefully everyone comes away satisfied that's the goal of any game session Anyways, um, do you know what the first game is that we played this year? It was it was very early on in January. It was right after we had our second child. Gosh, that was all like... And I, I dragged probably, you into it. Probably got not getting any sleep. So, <laughs> oh. Um, I do not know. It was with my... My mom was there helping okay. out. Was it Drain? Durian? Durian, sorry. Yeah. No, that's one we, that we played with your mom, though. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a great time, actually. We played that, like, five or six times, and that was probably my favorite sessions of Durian, was just playing it three players with your mom. And <laughs> <laughs> just, just messing with each other and laughing. Oh. That was a great time. No, so the, the first game we played this year was actually Rococo. Oh, yeah, that, Deluxe like, edition. Dra- dress game. Yeah, the yeah. dress-making game for the party or whatever. Very fancy components. Um, I think it was the first time we had ever played it. And we we managed to drag my mom into it, which is amazing. This is like a medium weight Euro that 
Like normally I would never try to get my mom to play something like this, but I, I suppose the theme eased, eased things a little bit. And it's actually a pretty straightforward game to teach. I found it like she caught on pretty quickly. You caught on and, and you were both playing very well. So that was the first game we played this year. That's kind of crazy, huh? Mm-hmm. Right after you had a baby and then next thing you know, you're playing this big box Rococo. Mm. <laughs> but it was fun. Um, Rococo's a good solid Euro. Uh, I played it one or two more times and eventually, I know there's, there are a lot of Euros out there and they, they all kind of start to blend together. I feel once you start playing a whole bunch of them, at least for me, you know, if, if this is your favorite type of game, then, then you're going to love all the little differences between them. But I, I feel like probably for you too, they, they start to blur, blur together. Yeah. And if they don't really stand out in a way that's, that really strikes the chord with me, then it's like, I'm, I'm okay with never playing this again. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you have other ones you prefer anyways, then yeah, yeah you probably pull out something else. Yeah. So that was the first game. Um, the very last game that I've played, I'm sure we'll play some more before the end of the actual year, the calendar year. But the very last game I played was last night, the King is dead second edition. Mm. Um, is that different than the one we played? No. Oh, it's the same one. Yeah, that's the same one. Do you remember much about that with the cubes and the mm -hmm. cards and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I played that a few times now, and and I enjoy playing it, but it's one of those games where I feel like you, the people who play best are the ones who keep track of and memorize what everyone else has played, and then they analyze what are my opponent's opportunities remaining, and then what, how can I take advantage of that knowledge and I just, I'm not a card counter. I don't keep track really well of what people have played or what they've collected and, and is now hidden information to me. And so that's a hard game for me to, to feel like I'm, I'm strategically making a big impact or, or playing really clever moves. I feel like the king is, king is dead. The more I play it, the more it's just one of those games where I'm just kind of rolling with the punches and I hope at the end I win, <laughs> but mm. it's very hard to control that. I think, but I did win last night. It was no. the first time I've won the game Good job. and, uh, it was kind of a weird ending because the, um, it was, it was with three of us and I played with Jim. I, I don't know his last name, but he's the, one of the designers of Pax Porfiriana. It was pretty cool. I met him last night. We played the King is dead together and, both of us went out of cards and we were in the running to win. And then the third guy, Adrian, um, did not have a chance of winning, but he had um, one more decision to make and it was either going to cause me to win or the other guy to win. So it was just like classic king making. So that was kind of a, a weird ending. But he just randomly chose and, and Lady Luck chose me to win. So mm. <laughs> that's the king is dead. Um, okay, let's, let's go on to our most played games. A lot of these... Um, because I play games with you and I'm with you the most. A lot of these games are actually games that you have played and, okay. and you're, you're the reason that these are the most played games. So I want to hear your guesses, Camille. What are, what are our most played games oh. this year? Um, is the crew one of them? No. Was that the crew last is year? not. That was the last year. Last we, year. we did play the crew 100 times last oh year. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, exactly 100. It took us that many to beat the uh the 50 missions but we found out after we played it 100 times that we were playing one of the rules wrong and we were playing it a, a harder way so i'm i'm actually proud of us for winning that game um the hard way which is not how the rules tell you you should play yeah. but anyways uh would it be like the game like puma foc and soda smugglers are you kidding those ones or no just publish oh ones? actually you're probably right <laughs> so i i do not log plays of of games that we are publishing or prototypes that we have that 
that are coming out soon. I figure I'd start logging them once it's officially published okay. and in the wild. But yeah, we've probably played those the most, and uh, okay. I still enjoy playing those. Yeah, they're fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me think. I only remember playing those. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you haven't even gotten one of these. I have no idea. Like, what have we even played this year? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Have we even played games this year? Um, how about Battle Line? Is that one of them? Or like Totten Totten? Um, yeah, that. So. I mean, it's at the bottom of my most plays. Okay. But um, yeah, I have I have thirteen plays all the way down to five plays, and Shot and Totten Two has had five plays this year. Okay. Um, thirteen plays or something. We played thirteen times. Mm-hmm. Give me a clue. It's probably our two of your favorite games that have come out in the past year. <laughs> Which makes it even more funny that you, you can't even think <laughs> I don't of it no <laughs> okay okay well one of them we uh we finished oh we my played. city my city yeah i love yes. my city yes <laughs> sorry we don't play you know we finished it so we don't yeah. play it so yeah so, yeah <laughs> we did finish my city there are 24 episodes across what eight chapters or whatever and uh we played 13 of them this year. Mm. The last 13. And that was a great time. Yeah, huh? that was really fun. I like that it one. It was wild. Um, the other one is a dexterity game. Is it Crokinole? No. No. Okay. Dexterity. <laughs> Kabuto Sumo. Oh, yeah. Kabuto Sumo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I play so many games that they all just, like, <laughs> they all the just blur together. <laughs> Yes, it's just uh, one un- unending game session, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Living with me. So, um, Kabuto Sumo also has 13 plays. Can you believe it? Mm-mm, that's crazy. Yeah. And I, you probably have 11 or 12 of those. We did take it to Utah for Thanksgiving, and we showed your brother mm-hmm. and his son, who is eight now, right? Yeah, he's eight. Yeah. And so we got them into it too. They had a great time. He probably bought it, honestly. He was looking at it um, online. And so, yeah, Kabuto Sumo has been a lot of fun to play. It's been fun, yeah. I think that's a great couples game. Um, I remember when we first started playing it wrong initially, the first few plays, yeah. and we still liked it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like the crew. But it's like we actually learned how the real way to play it. Like, this is too easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you were saying that. You're like, this is too easy now. Yeah, because the rule book is weird. It, it doesn't have, like, any visual examples, and it's not very specific. It's like you got to push from the rear of the piece. And so in our minds, it's like, okay, I can't put any downward pressure on this because I have to be touching the rear side of the piece. But in reality, you can just put your finger on on top of the piece and push from the back of it and uh, control it. Because if otherwise, if you're just pushing from the rear of the piece, then it's just, you know, your finger's going forward, but the piece is going sideways as it yeah, bumps into other over stuff. And we're like, and oh, too bad. <laughs> too bad. You got to commit to it. and then But then we're like, how do you even push in a straight line if the piece is moving away from your finger? And <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a lot more, uh, you know, you have a lot more control now that we play it the right way. And I, I suppose the games are faster too. So yeah. that's good. Um, the next one is The King's Dilemma at 9. Mm-hmm. We already talked about, but somehow you forgot. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, uh, my memory is not the best. <laughs> We're we're putting you on the spot here, so it's it's tough. I didn't. Um, do you think I didn't? I didn't make you come up with these beforehand, which would have been easier. Um, no, I would have. 
I mean, I would have thought of maybe a couple, but um, I have eight plays of Oath, Micro Macro with you as well, which we've been playing recently. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna share my thoughts on that soon. It's we've had a great time with it though, huh? Yeah, it's fun. Um, that's the first one, Crime City, and then Regicide, which we've we beat Regicide, didn't we? I don't remember what Regicide is. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this always happens to me. I play a game with her like six times, and then she and then I bring it up later, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Regicide is the small card game that uses a standard deck of cards and it's cooperative and you're going up against the the jacks and then the queens and then the kings. How many times have you played that? I've played it oh. eight, I but you've probably played, played it, once played or it twice. No, you've probably played it at least four or five times. Okay. <laughs> In one sitting. But though. we did we did win one of those. Yeah. So yeah, Regicide's great. Mm-hmm. I I keep carrying that around and even though I beat it, I wanna play it again you soon. You should try it. Um, seven plays of Durian and Royal Visit, which I haven't played Royal Visit with anyone but you. So yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say Royal Visit when you were asking about ones we played a lot, but I couldn't remember the name of it either. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the name. Yeah, it's kind of generic, huh? Escapes you, but um, yeah, I think the most recent play we had of it, you won, right? Probably, you yeah. yeah. You kept crushing me, but I think I, I finally got you. It yeah. was so frustrating because I enjoyed the game, but I kept yeah. losing, and that's just like. <laughs> Like a just a deflating feeling when you just like, oh, I really like this. And you just like lose, lose, lose. Yeah, <laughs> you were getting so frustrated, but you finally got me on the last play. And and uh, yeah, I mean, they've all been competitive plays. They've been close and I managed to pull it out most of the time, but not last time. Um, we've got six plays of Beyond the Sun and then five plays of Hansa Teutonica, Root, Schottentotten 2, Under Falling Skies, which is by myself. I got to show you that one because I think you'd like it. Good solo game, and then whale riders. Good old whale riders. So there we have it. Our most played games of this past year, and then I was going to ask you as well. I don't know if I told you to think about this beforehand. If you feel like, oh yeah, I did. Any games have been underplayed? Your most underplayed games or games that you're like, why don't we play this more? I haven't played it in ages. Or well, I did say earlier, Sagrada. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like Sagrada, but Nick. Got rid of it without telling me, so that was really <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. I, I'm pretty sure I got your okay to sell that, and then I, I did sell it, and then you're still, it sounds like, wish that we still had it. No. Ironically, I sold it to, to a guy who said that he sold it, and his wife was mad at him for getting rid no of way. it. <laughs> so he bought it from me. That's super uh, funny. That is funny. I don't know. I feel like we just have enough games that are kind of like Sagrada. We have Azul, mm-hmm. which is great, and... There's just so many games out there like that. And we haven't played Sagrada in probably two years now. So I just felt like it was time to, to get it out of here. So yeah. sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. We'll play it again someday. Probably. Actually, I heard um, the last podcast, Ryan was telling me there's a Sagrada legacy coming out. Hmm. So that could either be pretty interesting or it could be a bad idea i don't know if they're just jumping on the legacy trend or if they had a good idea for it it'll be neat to see what they do yeah um do you have any other must underplayed coming to mind i have three that i can throw out while you're thinking about it sure um and this hurts to to talk about because i haven't played these since ohio which is before july um sidereal confluence is my favorite negotiation game and it's so hard to get five people together there's been so many times we've been 
super close to playing. It's like this Friday it's happening. I even had it set up one Friday night. Yeah, I was going to say, haven't you had like set that up in our <laughs> kitchen? And... It hurts so bad. Mm. Ever since I organized all the cubes into these um, these trays, into game trays, a combination of game trays and some old Stonemeyer plastic trays that we had, it, it took a lot of effort to get this thing organized into different trays by cubes and stuff. And, and uh, I was so proud of how I organized this because now it's going to be so easy to set up and tear down. And I haven't played it since. It hurts so bad. Oh. So, uh, But we're going to get it soon. I, I have a feeling in January we'll play it once we get a five, five of us together. I'm kind of just – I know people say it's good at four, but I feel like five is my personal hmm. minimum that it's got to be at. So, But then if we get too much higher, then we don't have enough table space. So it's, it's a very sweet spot with, with people that have to be like – really familiar with board games you can't just have anybody trying to play toss them into the deep end there um age of steam is another one i haven't played since ohio and then i also had tigers and euphrates on here i before yesterday i hadn't played it all year and that's one of my other favorite games but we did play it yesterday and i got destroyed i kept drawing blue tiles when i needed other tiles and uh another guy that is experienced or actually he's only played yellow and yangtze but he he was just dancing across the board there with this civilizations and raking in the dough. So I think the final scores were like, uh, Jim was three or no, 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 not Jim wasn't with us. Then it was Matt had three points and I think I had four points and then Adrian had like 12. It was really, it was rough. We got curb stomps, but yeah, Matt had never played before or not for years, I believe. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a rough round for me, but I still enjoyed it and one that's uh, still underplayed for me. So, any others come to mind? Um, Lost Cities. Ooh, yeah, I love Lost Cities. I don't know any of those like card games that are like kind of fun and we I do like know. those. Huh? I like those a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe just because like I feel like they're simple enough, but I feel like it can be kind of strategic. Still, like make decisions and totally. I don't know. Those are always fun. Those are like my preferred probably games. Those games and like any kind of like puzzly type game mm-hmm. what I lean towards. So Yeah. I remember we got Lost Cities um, only last year actually. It, it took us a long time to pick up a copy and actually try it. And we got Point Salad at the, at the same time. And we were playing those back and forth, having a good time. Mm-hmm. Some simple card games and, and uh, Lost Cities lives on in our collection. Point Salad, we eventually were like yeah, we can pass this on. But, uh, yeah, Lost Cities is fantastic. One of my favorite two-player games. But we have an entire shelf of two-player games. It's funny because uh, it seems like all the publishers have this unwritten rule of, of when you have, like, a fairly approachable two-player game, they have to go into a small square box. <laughs> and so almost all of the two-player games we have are in that, that same size box. And uh, we have so many options, it's it's hard to rotate through them frequently but lost cities we've played probably six or seven times now and mm-hmm. and uh it's still fantastic we've, we haven't even tried the other board the other side of the board which adds in another color oh really I should even sometime. Know yeah something else um is either patchwork or new york zoo like some polyominoes mm-hmm. like mm. need some of that more some more of that in my life <laughs> finish my city <laughs> give me some of that right yeah, no, um, we have played some New York Zoo here and there. That's the newer one that we, we acquired, and so that kind of made Patchwork fall to the wayside, but I do really like Patchwork. We need to play that again. It's been too long, huh? And I think 
part of the reason that we haven't played those types of games as much recently is because I've also been playing a lot of Trailblazers on Tabletop Simulator with uh, with the designer Ryan Courtney because we just barely announced that that is the next game we are taking to Kickstarter. It's also a spatial puzzle game. It does scratch a similar itch um, where you're arranging things together in an optimal way and you're drafting things um, similar to, although it's not Rondell drafting like New York Zoo and, and Patchwork, it's more Seven Wonders style where you're passing cards. But you have tried an earlier version of Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Back when uh, <laughs> back when we first got it, I was just brainstorming ways to, to add in travelers basically because um at that point there were no like actual hiking biking kayaking figures that that were functionally part of the game and so i had one crazy idea that we kind of had fun with huh and it was like it added an engine building to it and then i i uh pitched it to the designer to ryan and he's like no he shot it down like instantly (laughs) no he actually tried it and uh but he's he's kind of been really focused on making this a very approachable game um very very different from curious cargo which is a brain melter and pipeline which i think is good it's another audience yeah i think a lot of people just expect having those two come out as his first two published games a lot of people everyone just expects for him to have these really complicated games come out that are just going to melt your brain and it's only for that kind of audience that he designs but um trailblazers has proven that wrong and uh, so even though I tried to add more stuff to it, he figured out a, a better way to, to keep it pure and, and streamlined, but still add in a, a traveler's expansion, which you haven't tried that, but that's pretty cool there. You kind of move along your trails and, and you're trying to keep up with them before they hit a dead end. But um, anyway, yeah, we were talking about patchwork in new york zoo yeah spatial puzzle games are a lot of fun we just talked about in the, last, in the last episode so that's a good choice as well well anything else that that comes to mind thinking about this past year with bitewing games and, and playing games in general camille it's been fun it's been a, it's been a trip hasn't yes, it yes it's been it's been a trip <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious what's your i mean I, I probably shouldn't say because because they're more like children to me, but um, do you have a favorite game of the Criminal Capers collection, and and can you share like why that one has been your favorite, or what do you think? Hmm. Hot Lead, Soda Smugglers, and Puma Fiosi, because Camille has probably played these games more than I mean not more than me, but more than almost anyone in the world besides Reiner and his testers as well. And Kyle probably, but I don't know. I feel like it's changing. I feel like at the beginning, like Soda Smugglers was like my jam and stuff, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm probably the hot lead, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that looks fun. I don't just I don't know what is about it. <laughs> it's a quick one. It's the fastest of the bunch. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's just cool trying to think about like what other people are, you know, like going to put down that you cuz you're all putting your cards down at the same time, so you're just trying to think about okay, I, you know, I, I want to try to get this card, you know, like how high or low they're going to go. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. Trying to outfox each other. We played a lot of Puma Fiosi too, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, with our last podcast, I remember we talked about two-player games and we talked about how that one's been a lot of fun to play with with just two, mm-hmm. especially when you add in 
his name used to be Luigi <laughs> when, when uh, Reiner gave us the rules, but we changed it to Tony because that sounded like more of a mafia name. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, when you add in the deck and you're trying to work around that as well, um, I think that's still my favorite way to play Puma Fiosi was with two or three players. Yeah, that one's fun too. It's hard to pick because they're all really fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm especially excited to, to finally get, I mean, the games we've been playing with have some artwork or most of the artwork. But Hot Lead is missing all the characters, and now we have 19 of them. That's kind of crazy. That uh, it's going to be a very different looking game once we get that final version in. So, hopefully, we'll have some samples soon from the manufacturer, and we can share that in the next Kickstarter update. But um, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to next year. I'm going to be sharing uh, next month my most anticipated games of 2022. It's wild that we're Ooh. almost onto that year, but. You probably won't be part of that episode, Cami. So do you have any anything you're most excited about for next year as far as games? I'm just excited to see how to see the games that you guys have been working on like come to mm. life, you know, like the Criminal Capers and mm-hmm. excited to see like see how the Trailblazers plans are coming along and see how that turns out. Like yeah. I'm really excited about that one. I'm really into the hiking and biking, kayaking type of activities and so I'm really excited to see that game come to life yeah one of the main reasons we moved here to prescott arizona is it's it's so pretty around here there's a lot of red rock formations um there's actually a lot of biomes around here too because like if you drive for example if you drive north maybe you you run into a lot of hills whereas if you drive southeast you're running you're into the mountains with trees and if you go like straight east or west or whatever you're in you're in a lake surrounded by red rock and so it's very diverse around here. Lots of trails for hiking and biking, and then lots of lakes for kayaking. So we've we've been uh, sampling a lot of, of this theme in real life. And uh, it's funny because I I did a lot of research into, into what kind of artist we should hire for this project and stumbled across an artist by the name of Seth Lucas. And if you look him up, he he does a lot of things within this theme already like patches and books, book covers and things that have to do with the outdoors. And it's funny because um, when we decided to to hire him to do this project and to start doing the art for Trailblazers, which we've teased out some of it now, some of the trail cards, um, Cammy, you saw uh, a patch on his website that yeah. you own. Yeah, you were showing me like his website. Like, what do you think of this guy? I'm like, I actually have that patch on my backpack. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like it's destiny, huh? And then we went up to the Grand Canyon Visitor Center, and uh, we saw a book on the shelf. And even from like 20 feet away, looking at it, it's like, that looks like a Seth Lucas book. <laughs> and sure enough, it wasn't on the cover or anything, but you open up to like the inside credits page and... He was the artist of that book. And so he has a very distinct art style and we're super excited to, to see what he does with all of the trail cards and, and the other components and the packaging that will come with trailblazers. It's going to be lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And, and you haven't played it too much, but I think this, this might end up being your favorite bite wing game publication that we do for, I don't know, maybe the next few years. Cause it seems right up your alley thematically and mechanically. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, there you have it. The Bitewing Games 2021 year in review with our guest coming back once more to, to serenade us with her voice, Camille. Thank you for joining again. Oh, 
You're so welcome. <laughs> Anytime. We'll have to get you in on another podcast next year when the topic is right. And in the meantime, we hope everyone has a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate it. Um, happy New Year. And so on and so forth. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>